0: So grab your coffee or your wine or maybe a glass of water and let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jen, and today I have a lovely guest with me, Erica Hills of Florida. I am super excited to introduce you guys to her. She is an equine photographer, and she has been fortunate enough to have horses in her life for as long as she can remember, from her first pony, Peter, to the mares that she has now, Godiva and Bazinga, who has a stable name of Bazooka, for obvious reasons. She loves helping people, and she earned her Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology and a Master of Arts degree in counselor education from UCF. She has spent her time as a working student with SEI dressage trainers and has groomed along with assisting in various stables over the years before pursuing those degrees. She's worked in many different mental health settings, with the bulk being in the public school system in Central Florida. She adores horses more than anything and is thankful to have found a career as a photographer in the equestrian industry. Her husband and her own a private barn in Central Florida with their two mares and enjoy sitting by the pond at the end of a long day. If you have horses, every day is long. <laughs> She's just getting back in the saddle after a couple of years off due to soundness issues with one of her horses, and she looks forward to getting back in shape and riding and local dressage clinics and hopefully some fun out on the cross-country course within the next year. Erica, I'm so excited we got to connect. I just have to tell you guys, it was interesting how Erica and I met she, I think sent me a friend's request, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw that she was near my hometown back in Florida, which like, it's a blip on the radar. It just got its first stoplight two years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she likes horses. She's near my hometown. I messaged her. And not only is she like near my hometown, she's actually in my hometown and lives probably less than two miles where I grew up
1: yeah it's such a coincidence. It's really funny that we live in this area and I wish you were still here. that would yeah. be fun.
0: I know I know I need to make I don't make a lot of Percy friends easily so I would love to be closer. But tell us a little bit about you, how you got started, where you're at, all of the things.
1: Well, I'm really happy to be doing the equestrian photography. I started last year, 2019, and it's just grown ever since. I launched my LLC in January of this year, and things are just moving and shaking. And, you know, after spending my lifetime with horses so far, I knew I wanted to work with them. But I mean, being a working student, being a trainer, being a high-end boarding facility, those options just didn't seem to be ideal for me. And yeah, so around 2019, I realized equestrian photography was actually a thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, I have to do that. And here I am.
0: (laughs) That's so cool. I didn't realize you'd only been doing this a little over a year then. Your work is phenomenal. Were you doing photography before, like, really doing photography?
1: Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I've been doing photography as a hobby my whole life. Like back in disposable camera days, that was me running around with my disposable wind-up camera and going to Walgreens and getting my film developed, you know, and all those things. So funny. So I had a decent skill set coming in for sure.
0: That's so funny. I remember my parents got me a few disposable cameras and they were finally like, okay, you need to stop because you were spending so much money on film. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> it That's so funny. funny. You know, I actually saw a disposable camera recently in the grocery store. I was like, I didn't know people still bought these.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen them used like, weddings on guest tables for them to try to t- get pictures, but... That's cute. I mean, that trend may be over. That was when I got married, like, the first time, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. So tell me, you're coming from like a really neat medical background with psychology. I love psychology. I studied it a little bit in college, but didn't go obviously very far with it. So, can you tell me just a little bit about what that was like, what you loved about it? And then, of course, now you're out of it. Just Mm -hmm. did you get burnt out or just ready for something new?
1: I've always loved psychology. It was junior or senior year in high school that I took an advanced psychology class and thought, I have to get a degree in this. I love it. And I love learning about the brain and and what that means for your choices in life. And so I got my bachelor's degree in psychology. And then, you know, really, you don't make a ton of money with just that degree. So uh, I decided I'd look into school counseling. And so that's when I pursued my master's in counselor education. And I really also love counseling and helping people in that way. And I did spend a lot of my time in the school system, in the public school system, and for different reasons that can lead to burnout for sure. And, yeah. and I did get to that point. I wasn't taking care of myself as, as best as I, I think I could have. But someday I think I'll hook back around again in a in a different way.
0: Nice. I love that. I took an AP psychology class in my senior year of high school. And it was definitely something that if I liked school, I think I would have pursued. But I was never a good student. I've left three different colleges before like getting anything.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, so that's fun. still experience. I mean, that's fun.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got lots of college experience. Just to show for it other than the loans.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I definitely recognize college is not a good fit for everyone. And talking to high school students in the past as a counselor, my go-to was not like, oh, you have to go to college. Where are you going to college? My question was always, what's your life plan? And I just happened to love school and love learning. I had considered pursuing a PhD also. Uh, So maybe I'll do that in my free time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, because we all have so much free time. I think that's so neat. It's something that my husband and I have talked a lot about, like with our son, you know, I told him, I don't necessarily want to have a college fund with him. I want Mm -hmm. him to have a fund where if he wants to start a business, if he wants to go to trade school, if he wants to travel and do a travel blog, like I just, I want to give him a good foundation regardless of what he wants to do. It doesn't have to be college. So I love that, that it's a life plan, not like a college plan. Cause I think college personally is overrated. If you know what you're going for, I think it's different. If you know, you want to be a nurse or you know, you want to be a teacher or a doctor or any like those types of things. So if you're going there just to get Business degree. <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to serve you. I agree. I've learned more about running a business in the two years of owning a business than I ever did in any business class I took. Exactly. You know. So, and it changes. You mm. know, the way I would have run a business with a business degree is very different than the way I'm running a business today. Mm-hmm. You know. So, anyway. Um, okay. So, tell me a little bit about. How you got started in equine photography, like what education did you, did you take any classes or courses or did you just get a camera and like start playing around with it and seeing if you can make it happen?
1: I had a decent camera already when I started in 2019 and I actually started listening to the Horses in Focus podcast with Gianna and Sarah and that's when I realized that people were actually doing this as a profession. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I didn't even know that existed. Like, I'm going to do that too. And so I did a couple of model calls with friends and it helps to have a lot of friends already who have horses and have barns and that kind of thing, easier access. And I started taking pictures of them. And really, I still have those pictures in my current portfolio you know, from last year And I think I'm lucky that a lot of the skills needed come pretty natural to me. And then I have continued pursuing my education because I do think that's important no matter what you're doing, but learning from other people is vital. So I went to the equine photography retreat earlier this year in March, and that was phenomenal to get to take classes with some of the best photographers in our country. And then I do some one-on-one classes with different people throughout the year.
0: That's so awesome. I think education is something that we've talked a lot about on the podcast and just how crucial it is to building any business. I mean, Mm -hmm. whether you have a virtual assistant business or an online business manager, you're a photographer, there's education as a key role in continued success. Mm -hmm. So I think that's... That's awesome. Is there one particular or two particular like mentors that you really feel you took the most away from?
1: From the photography retreat, I definitely connected with Shelly Paulson, who Mm -hmm. I'm working with now for our EOC project and Bethany P from Bethany P Photography. Uh, Their styles really resonate with me based on their, not just their personality, but how they run their business, how they take their photos. So it's really nice to have connected with them. And I do uh, work with Bethany one-on-one and it's really helpful to have somebody to bounce different ideas off of and learn from.
0: Definitely. Tell Um, me, you mentioned a project called EOC. What's that?
1: That's the new Equestrians of Color project that we're working on. In addition to Bethany and Shelly, we also have Anna from Purple Horse Designs, and uh, we just launched recently. We're approving photographers as we speak. And okay. the goal of this project is to help raise awareness and bring diversity into the equestrian space, which I know a lot of people are working on right now, which is fantastic. And so this will be set up pairing photographers with different equestrians of color who want to participate and have a story that they want to share a positive or a negative, any impact that they want to help us spread the word to other people in the community. So I'm excited.
0: That is so cool. What sparked the, the project?
1: I know when uh, the Black Lives Matter movement took on a bigger front since the George Floyd death, a lot of people in the industry and a lot of people everywhere have had a lot of feelings around what can they do? How can they help um, no matter what their race is? And I think that's really important. So I know I had reached out and had a chat with Bethany at some point, Um, me being biracial, I was feeling, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And, and what, kind of side should I be on if there right. ever were a side to pick. So that's been a struggle for me personally. But through that, we just had a bunch of Zoom calls and meetings and connecting with each other. And and so the project was born.
0: I love that. I think that's incredible. I think whenever you can pursue a passion project like that, and it has such an impact on lives that don't necessarily get a get a spotlight for their story, I think is just, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just special. I think that's so awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I could talk for hours about (laughs) our country and the media and what they're choosing to show and not show. It can be very disheartening because anybody can do anything, whatever they want to do, especially in America. And I'd like to see our country portray that better instead of just you have to look or act a certain way or have a certain level of income to pursue whatever you want to pursue. Cause I, I never see that as the case. You know, I think you just open doors that you want to open and that's part of being persistent in life and meeting your goals with success.
0: Awesome. Okay. So I would like to just touch really quick on what is one tip that you would give someone wanting to become an equine photographer?
1: I would definitely say connect with somebody who's already in the profession, at least to have someone to bounce some ideas off of. I think that's first and foremost, very important. Listening to different podcasts is also really helpful. But as soon as you can connect with other people, I'm big on relationship building and it's gonna be important to have a good team around you. Whether you're a show photographer, portrait photographer, studio photographer, we all need
0: support. Yeah, uh, that's so good. Okay, so I wanna dive into women empowerment and confidence when you're talking about growing a business. It's mm-hmm. something that I actually just talked to another guest on the podcast a couple weeks about. a uh, yeah, about in her line of work. She's a boudoir photographer. So that's like this whole like women's confidence and empowerment. But I think as women business owners, there's just this whole other like can of worms almost when you're talking about empowerment and confidence where it's in our circle. I feel like we get a lot of support and encouragement. And I feel like in the communities that I've been a part of there's just a very much like community over competition vibe but i think when you step outside of the community and you're talking to people that don't necessarily know anything about running an online business or any of those things they're like that's cute you know <laughs> and you know and i'm like no it's not cute i run my own company sit down yeah. you know <laughs> like so tell me a little bit about what that looks like for you maybe conversations you've had and and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I can definitely relate to sometimes people not taking your pursuits very seriously and viewing things as a hobby or just for fun. And yeah. that can be frustrating because you're literally putting in blood, sweat and tears. It's a lot of hours. I forget who I was talking to recently, but it was about... <laughs> When I left the school system from my burnout, I thought having a flexible schedule would be easier, you know, take care of the horses at home, do the equestrian photography, like quote unquote easier. And being in it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's not easier in any way, shape, or form.
0: Any way, (laughs) shape, or form.
1: (laughs) When they talk about uh, running your business, it's like, what, 60 hours or 80 hours a week do you want to work or whatever it is? And it's really true. That's why I'm so big on balance. It is great to have a flexible schedule, but I have to have as much control as possible over what I do when to keep my sanity and to keep productive. And I think that plays into confidence as well. Taking control of your time and how you spend your time is really important for your wellness and your productivity level.
0: Hey guys, I am so excited. I'm going to be hosting my very first masterclass on up-leveling your client experience on November 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm giving you the blueprint to up-level your client experience, streamline your business, make more money while saving you a ton of time. Trust me, this is a class that you are not going to want to miss. Head over to the link in our show notes to sign up now.
1: and i've had a lot of conversations with different uh, female business owners around that. I connected with a lot of people last year with the Equestrian Business Women's Summit in Wellington and i really 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 loved that. I would say that probably really sparked the fire of yes, i'm going to start my own business now. And I love that. Yeah, so so i give them a lot of credit and
0: they had to reschedule
1: their some this year so i look forward to hearing their details whenever they are announced.
0: Awesome. I think going to different conferences and summits and meetings and any anything like that retreats is imperative to business growth because it's not just about like listening to speakers and gaining information and that sort of thing. It's really about the connections and the networking and the relationships that you end up building In those spaces and it gives you an opportunity to build them organically where I think in sometimes our space like you reach out to someone like a perfect example is when I messaged you I didn't want you to feel like I was coming across like oh hey I'm a business owner and you're like my ideal client so I'm going to you know message you (laughs) intentionally I really wanted it to be like oh hey you're like right next to my hometown. Oh. You look awesome and you have horses. Can I we be friends because I need more friends in my life? <laughs> right. I you know the same way. <laughs> I want friends. <laughs> yes. So I think when you go physically to these places, it really gives you that opportunity to to connect with people organically.
1: Mm-hmm. definitely.
0: I am um, I'm intended. Well, I helped put on a retreat with a client of mine in January and it was so much fun. It was Born to Shine conference. We had it in Nashville, and we, of course, wanted to do another one next year, and COVID is, like, stomped all over that, so we're not sure when that's going to happen, but it was so incredible to just be in this space of, like, getting to connect with people that have been in the industry for 10 years, and they're killing it and they're some of the best in the industry to, you know, those who went to learn from them and getting started. And it's just, it was an awesome, awesome experience. And um, I can't wait to go back.
1: Yeah, that sounds like fun. Is it, would you do it in Nashville again?
0: We talked about doing it in Nashville again. Um, We haven't decided on like the next conference's location, but we talked about doing it in Texas. Clients are located in North Carolina. So we talked about doing it in North Carolina, talked about doing it in Florida. It was, there was a bunch of locations that were kind of up in the air and then COVID was like, Oh, you're not doing anything.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I can't, I can't wait to get back to planning it. And the equestrian business summit sounds really interesting too. I, This was my year. I was planning to go to a conference every quarter. Like I was going to travel. I was going to go to a conference every quarter. And obviously that hasn't happened. So maybe I didn't have to do two every quarter next year. (laughs) 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 So I'll have to, I'll have to find the Equestrian Business Summit and see, see what they're all about.
1: Oh, definitely. I love them.
0: Awesome. So what is something that you practice to Give you the confidence to like build this business, become an expert in your area and really just allow your business to take root.
1: I talk a lot about persistence. And the idea is just you always keep going no matter what. Once you decide that you want something and some people struggle getting to that place, they're indecisive. They're not sure what they want to do. They may know they want to start a business, but they don't know what they want to start. And, and I was in a similar place too. And I looked at what resources I already had around me, one of which was my camera. So that's why I decided, well, pursuing photography would be a good idea for me. So if we're talking about starting a business in general, looking at what you already have around you and what you're already good at, at least a little bit, and can build on that is really important. I think if I were to, out of nowhere, just be like, ah, I want to be a pilot. (laughs) I might not feel as confident, you know, doing that. First of all, I hate flying. Second of all, I know nothing about, you know, being a pilot. So that would be brand spanking new to me. And I have no interest in doing that. So yeah, knowing what your interests are, knowing where your skill set lies is also really important. And then building from there. And when you find that you hit a roadblock, reaching out for help, whether it's mentors or counseling or your peers, your friends, and figuring out how to get over those hurdles is so important and getting over them sooner rather than later is also very important and i think that's why i've seen success in my business is that i know i'm going to mess up sometimes and i accept that and i'll grow from that but it just keeps going and the longer you dwell on mistakes the the longer you're going to be held back and so being accepting that You know, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. That's just the way life goes. And that's definitely helped me grow in my business for sure. And I think would help a lot of people with that mindset value.
0: I really like what you just said there. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. I think it's so important. I'm literally writing this down at the top of my page right now. I think it's so important whether you've been a business owner for two days or you've been a business owner for 20 years. That you look at any time that something doesn't work out, not as a failure, but as an opportunity to figure out what went wrong, how to fix it, and how to make it better for next time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we've talked on the podcast a few times already is having this mindset of, okay, it didn't work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do I need to change to make it better? And how do I, you know, get to the next step? And I think reaching out to mentors, like you said, is a really, really good way to figure out how to make things work. Because I think getting another set of eyes or a few more set of eyes on your business and figuring out like your blind spots, because everyone has them, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to see your business 365 degrees or Mm -hmm. 360 degrees. It's just not possible. You're going to have blind spots. And I think having other people look at your business and see where those are will help you succeed sooner rather than later.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's funny that um, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn is the name of a book that I used to use with the kids at the elementary school.
0: Oh my gosh, how cool. teach them
1: that principle because, you know, I didn't learn that as a kid really. And, uh, so now learning it as an adult and a business owner is, is really exciting. And another thing I did, I joined a book club hosted by my friend who's a real estate agent locally, and I had never been in a book club either. So, you know, there's a funny story there. Like I showed up to my first book club. I didn't even read the book, but, um, (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it was so nice to learn from them. We we The first series that we read was the Go-Giver series. So that's another staple in my business that I'm always giving, giving, giving.
0: Yeah. It's not that
1: dog-eat-dog mentality. So that's a good mental note as well.
0: I think that's something that more and more people are realizing is the benefit of giving more than you're taking, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's teaching or literally giving like donate, you know, donating 10% of your earnings to different charities or, you know, the church, if that's, if that's your belief system, any of those things Mm -hmm. I think is, is so important because when we allow ourselves to give in any way, you're always going to see it return, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think if more people had that mentality, the world would just be a better place.
1: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I I think it's hard in the equestrian community for sure, because horses just take so much out of you. So much. You you feel so spent, like I have nothing more to give. (laughs) Right. So you give when you can and, and you ask for help when you need to, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I love that. Is there anything in particular that you want to cover before we like wrap up?
1: I feel good. We talked about the EOC project and, and that would have been a big plug I'd wanted to do. And, and I feel good.
0: Yeah, I really, I love that project. I think it's so important. All right. So I like to wrap up our session with three quick fire questions. I always like to like do a caveat, like they're never quick fire. I always like talking more than I think I do.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so, The first one is, what is your favorite business tool?
1: Business tool, you know, I like to use Canva. And as far as different apps, my phone is always running out of space because I'm loaded (laughs) up with applications. Uh, But I definitely like Canva. And I actually learned about it at the Equestrian Business Women's Summit. One of the panelists talked about that. Yeah. And so they have a free version and they have different versions that you pay for. And it's a nice little tool to have on your phone specifically when we're talking about even photo sizing. Like if you're not a professional photographer and don't have access to editing software, you can use Canva to make cute little templates and stick your photos in. And I think it's a good visual tool for a business owner.
0: Yeah. I love Canva. I recently, I'm not, I don't have like a great graphic designer eye, So I actually went to Creative Market. Do you know what Creative Market is? Yes, yes. I spend a ridiculous amount of money on Creative Market.
1: I get a lot of fonts there.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah. I got a like Instagram template package and I gave it to my social media manager. I'm like, look, just do whatever you want with this. And I love the way, and it's all in Canva. Downloaded everything in Canva. We just changed it over to my brand colors. Mm -hmm. And the difference between, if you scroll back on my, my Instagram grid from two or three months ago, the difference is so amazing. And it was literally, I think I spent $30 if it was that much. Mm. And then, you know, I have, I have Canva pro. So I have like this beautifully branded Instagram grid now that $30 (laughs) investment. It's great. (laughs) It's
1: super pretty. I know. Thank you. (laughs) Having consistency is so important with branding too, and knowing that there's tools out there like Creative Market and Canva that can help you, it's really not as difficult as some people think.
0: Yeah, totally. The one thing that I have learned over and over again since starting my business is if you want to figure it out, Mm -hmm. you can. I sent a sentence to a client a couple weeks ago, and I was like, okay. Just wanted to let you know that the SOP is in ClickUp and is ready, you know, to be sent over to the client before EOW. And I'm like, I didn't even know that sentence would have existed three years ago, let alone what any of that means. And now, you know, I'm I'm one of the experts in Uh the field in this industry for like SOPs and CRMs and systems and like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's just because it was outable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. Okay. I am a quote fanatic. I literally have over 1000 quotes on my Pinterest quote board. So I like to hear what everyone's favorite quote is.
1: I'm going to read it here. So I make sure I get it verbatim, but it's my favorite, 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 favorite. I think I came across it at least five years ago, maybe more. And it says you have your way. I have my way as for the right way, the correct way, and the only way it does not exist. And that's just huge for me because there's so many ways to get to the end result and it just doesn't matter how you get there. And it doesn't matter what the end result looks like anyhow. So it's just about being yourself to me and and living your life how you want and being kind. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, like do your thing, you know?
0: Yes. Ah, so good. All right. And then one of my new favorite questions is, and this is going to be interesting since we're like, you're in the area I grew up in, but if you and I were to go get a drink, where would we go? And what would we get? Of course, when I lived there, I wasn't legal, so.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny since the town is so small. Yeah. I I don't know if the diner serves alcohol.
0: (laughs) Beer and wine from the last time I worked there.
1: (laughs) Um, I I wouldn't necessarily pick that place either. Uh, Probably somewhere in Winter Park. Yeah. Winter Park or downtown Sanford. I love being on the water. So yeah, maybe downtown Sanford, somewhere on the water. And did you ask, what would we drink? Yes. What okay. are we
0: drinking?
1: It depends on what time of day. It could be espresso. It could be tea. It could be a dirty martini, because that's usually like my go-to alcohol drink. But yeah, I also love myself some espresso. And there's this cute okay. little place right, right on the water, and they make really good lavender lattes. And oh mm-hmm. man, I haven't been there in months and months and months since the virus, but I yeah. love them.
0: I was, I lived in, I lived in Osteen for a couple of months after my divorce and I spent some time, I worked in downtown Sanford Mm -hmm. for uh, like, I don't know, two or three months at the colonial room. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've been there and they've done so much down there to really just grow it up and make it nice. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to like, we're supposed to go back this, actually we were supposed to be in Florida this week. And of course that's not happening. But I'm really anxious to go back and see like what else they've done.
1: Yes. I think your mind will be blown because in the several years that I've lived here, they have done so much, uh, between communities and developments and it's just really great. I'm excited. They put a Dunkin' Donuts down the road. So
0: I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so glad it wasn't there when I lived there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, I like it. I love that. Okay. Well, if you, if I was taking you out, I, one of my favorite places is in Lake Mary uh-huh. and it's Amura's. I don't, may not be saying that correctly. If you like sushi. Yeah. Definitely give it a shot. It's the best sushi I've ever had and the drinks are pretty fantastic.
1: I've been to Amira before, but I don't know if I've been to one in Lake Mary. So I wonder if it's the same.
0: Probably. I think it's Lake Mary. Pretty sure. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely loved this podcast. It's so much fun to like really get a chance to chat with you and um, talk about one of my favorite places in the world. I never live there again, but I miss <laughs> it. I miss it. So Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to have our audience hear everything that you had to say.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And I'm so excited. This is my first podcast interview. So thank you a million times. I loved it.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Success Beyond the Lens podcast if you love what you heard today, could you do me a favor? Could you grab a screenshot of the episode and then send it over to your Instagram stories and tag me at success beyond the lens podcast. I love hearing from our audience to see what you guys are loving. And if you really love me, if you could go over to iTunes and subscribe and leave us a review, I would appreciate it so much. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week.